We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffin. As the Thunder lose to the Sacramento Kings, breaking a four-game win streak, 113 to 118. We are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. If you're watching the stream tonight, hopefully you see. I've got some new artwork behind me, courtesy of our girl 7A. Uh, Nane is incredible. And if you missed on the Twitter account tonight, I'm going to move my camera down just a little bit. We've got these new J-Dub shirts in. J-Dub in his bag, winning Rookie of the Month. They are beautiful. Nane put them together for us. Uh, Be on the lookout this weekend as we have a special podcast dropping with Nane, the the artist known as 7A Perspective on Twitter and Instagram. You see all of her cartoons after every Thunder game. She is awesome. It was a blast to get to talk to her. So we're going to drop a special podcast episode where I got to interview her. Be on the lookout for that. But that's enough plugs. Make sure to go buy the shirt. They're sick. And this shirt is like the most comfy shirt I've ever worn in my life. It's incredible. I freaking love it. The Thunder lose to the Sacramento Kings in not the prettiest game in the world. 118 to 113, as I mentioned. I've got some big takeaways. And then we're going to dive into a little bit of a game summary. And then I'll expand on these takeaways. So those takeaways are, number one, costly free throws. Two, beat up inside. Three, SGA. Four, killer Keegan. And five, bench woes. So those are our five big takeaways. But before we dive deep into those takeaways, let's do a little summary of this game. I know it's late tonight. This is almost a midnight podcast, but I still got people in the chat. So if you guys got questions, drop them. I will definitely answer as we go through the show. So 
this game starts, the Thunder announced their starting lineup with the normal four that I think are just your starters moving forward for the rest of this season. For next season, uh, I think next season you're going to have a pretty solidified starting five with Shea, Josh, Dort, Dub, and then Chet. This season, that five spot is kind of a, a revolving door, especially with all the injuries the Thunder have. So Jay Will gets to start tonight as DeMontis Sabonis was cleared to play. He was questionable earlier in the day with a non-COVID illness, but he was healthy enough to play, and boy, did that man play. I love DeMontis Sabonis. I, I really fell in love with him in his OKC years, and I think he's just gotten better and better and better. The man is such a good offensive player. It's really, really impressive. But So let's get into the actual basketball. Thunder start off looking very strong. I think they were up 8-0 to start this game. Uh, just came out of the gates, guns blazing. Shea really had it going early. The defense, one, one of my notes from the first quarter says, the defense looked okay, but Jay Will's inability to switch may cause problems. And that note was sparked by a possession by the Kings early where DeMontis Sabonis had the ball at the top of the key and ran a dribble handoff uh, with... Um, oh, who was it that he ran that handoff with? I think it was Kevin Herter. Uh, and the Thunder tried to go over the screen. It took too long to get back to Herter, and Jay Will didn't step up on the shot and just dropped. And it led to a Herter open three that missed. But my thought when I saw that was, man, if Jay Will can't step up to the level of the screen and contest that jumper, and the Kings are just going to get open dribble handoff jumpers all night, this could be a long night. I thought Jay Will actually played very good defense tonight, especially one-on-one -on -one against DeMontis Sabonis. We'll get to that later. But so I said the defense looked okay early. Dort was awesome early. We'll talk more about Dort here in a bit as well. Uh, they finished the quarter with a lineup of what I called Shea and the Shooters. It was Shea, Isaiah Joe, Lindy Waters, Trey Mann, Mike Muscala, I think was the lineup. Uh, and at the end of the first quarter, Thunder are down one. We head into the second quarter where Dort was still playing great. Uh, my note in all caps says, Joe's shooting changes this offense. Isaiah Joe is... I mean, Kevin Durant played on this team, so you can't say the best shooter in Thunder history. But holy crap, can that dude shoot the absolute piss out of the ball? It is incredible how good of a shooter he is. Every time it leaves his hand, I think it's going in. Uh, I wrote down Thunder hitting threes and feels like the Kings are missing wide open ones. Uh, if really felt in that second quarter that the J-Dub, Josh Giddy chemistry was just continuing to click. I love it when those two share the court together. They really play well off of each other. Uh, Shea really got it going to end the first half. And at the end of the first half, I noted that uh, Sacramento was winning the rebound battle, the second chance battle, and the scoring inside whereas the Thunder were shooting 57% from three. Okay, OKC's halftime adjustment that I thought that they should really focus on was gang rebounding, hitting the glass. Uh, I thought they really needed to win the rebounding battle in the second half to win the game because it felt like, I think the Sacramento Kings were four of 19 from three at half, and that just felt so low, it was unsustainable. And the Thunder's 57% felt so high, it was unsustainable. So he thought both those numbers were going to, to slip back to the means, and that meant that the Thunder had to do the dirty work and rebound. So third quarter comes. OKC gives up an early 8-0 run to the Kings. 
Uh, Shea responds by four quick points of his own. Uh, the OKC defense, I thought, was really good to start that third quarter. This is when I first noted that free throws started to become an issue. I noted also that Muscala was having a rough night. We're going to talk about the bench. I mentioned bench woes as one of my five takeaways. We'll hit that in a moment. Uh, I also put down that it feels like Shea should have had like three or four and ones in that third quarter. Uh, was getting to his mid-range spot. Guys were being very physical with him. Uh, he was hitting jumpers, falling to the ground, and just not getting any whistles. And like I noted at halftime, the Kings started to hit those open threes. At the end of the third quarter, Sacramento was plus 16 in rebounds and plus 15 in free throw attempts. Felt like the Thunder really had to capitalize and win those two battles in the fourth quarter in order to have a chance at this game. Early in the fourth, Kenrich Williams actually gets fouled. The Thunder go to the free throw line in the fourth quarter for free throws six and seven of the game. He misses both. It's very strange to me that Kenrich is knocked down from pretty much anywhere. You want him to hit a free throw line jumper against his own defense? Cool. You reverse the basketball and find him open on the wing for a three uh, during an offensive possession? He'll rattle it in. But you put that man at the free throw line with no defense in front of him, and he misses free throws. It's very, very strange. It's I just don't really get it. It's weird. Uh, I noted that J-Dub and Josh Giddy's chemistry just continues to grow. Mark Dagnall has really started whenever Shea sits to play Dub and Giddy together. And they've just been really, really good. I think they're both really high IQ players. They really like finding the cutters and playing off of each other. There was a, a play where J-Dub drove the lane, uh, went up, and as soon as he was in the air, Josh's man had rotated, and so he just dropped off a little a little pass to Josh for a very easy layup. Just those types of plays just continue to happen, and it's really pretty. The Thunder decided to play small as Sabonis came back in, putting Kenrich Williams on him. Uh, two possessions in, they got murdered on the offensive glass. I think the Kings got three offensive rebounds on one possession, ended with a bucket. Thunder called timeout immediately, put Jay Will back in. They play that way for a while until Lugans Dort fouls out. After that, they go with Kenrich Williams at the five against Sabonis. They bring Isaiah Joe back into the game. And it just felt like lots of things down the stretch didn't go OKC's way. They missed some really good looks, uh, played great defense, but couldn't close it out with a defensive rebound. Uh, everything kind of just not going their way down the stretch. And then the game got real funky at the end. It felt like it was going to end up being a 10-point game. And then the Thunder are down six and get a, a steal off of a full-court press. Isaiah Joe steps into a three, pulls it, and misses. Uh, that would have cut it to three with about 15 seconds left. The Thunder were still down six after uh, De'Aaron Fox misses two free throws. Uh, they force a Kevin Herter out of bounds on the, on the sideline. And Josh Giddy throws this insane inbounds pass to a curling Isaiah Joe into the uh, the 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 top elbow. That's where I'm trying to go with the opposite elbow. Uh, Joe catches it and fires from three, makes it a three point game with about four seconds left. The Thunder cannot get a steal. Uh, the Kings get a dunk, and it ends as a five point game, one thirteen to one eighteen. So overall, like not the not the worst loss in the world. Like the Kings are playing really good basketball. They're third in the West. They've been great. They're at home where they've played really well. 
I thought the Thunder fought magnificently, just couldn't close it out. Uh, it felt like the Kings just kept them at an arm's length all night long. The Thunder, that entire second half, would get it to two or three, like a one-possession game, and then it'd go back to five or six, then two or three, then five or six, back and forth. It felt like the Thunder would hit a big three, and then the Kings came down and hit their own three. And the Thunder could just never climb over that last little hump to get there. Results in a loss. So let's talk about my five big takeaways. Number one was costly free throws. So looking at the box score here, uh, let's go to the team stats. The free throw discrepancy. The Thunder shoot 7 of 11. The Kings shoot 24 of 28. So that is plus 17 for the Kings in attempts. That is, oh, I'm not good at math, plus 17 for the Kings uh, in makes. 17 more free throws in a five-point game is massive. Did I think the Kings earned 28 free throws? Yeah, probably so. I mean, the Thunder did foul a lot. They were playing much smaller. DeMontis Sabonis is a handful to deal with. But on the other end, it just felt like the Thunder were not getting to the line at all, and it wasn't for a lack of aggressiveness. The Thunder did take 43 pointers, you know, I and I think it's fair to note, like, when you take a lot of threes, you're not attacking the basket as much. The Thunder had 93 field goal attempts tonight. 40 of those were threes. So that means they took 53 shots inside the two, uh, inside the three-point line for twos, and then they took 40 shots outside for threes. The Kings shot 86 shots tonight, and... Where's their number? 38 of them were from the three-point line. So the Kings actually took less twos than OKC, but shot 17 more free throws. Um, you just can't let that happen. You you have to force the whistle. Thunder shoot 11 free throws tonight. Shea Gilgis-Alexander averages 10.4 a game. Right? So, like, typically Shea shoots 11 on his own, and then the rest of the team gets, like, 7 or 8. They only got to 11 tonight, and that is, I feel like, a very massive stat in a five-point game. I'm not saying that the officials like had it out for Oklahoma City and we're only giving Sacramento Kings foul calls or anything like that. The Thunder have to be more aggressive getting to the basket. They have to be um, more physical. But this game felt a lot like the second Memphis game of the year in Memphis where it was a really close game the Thunder lost, and the free throw discrepancy was just massive. Um, that's what this felt like. So uh, it is what it is, but free throws were a major player in this game. My next stat or my next big takeaway is beat up inside. So actually, when you look at points in the paint, it's 50 to 44 in favor of OKC. Where the Thunder got beat up inside was the rebounds. 36 rebounds for the Thunder, 52 rebounds for the Kings. So again, I'm not great at math, but I believe that's a plus 16 on the glass. The Kings had 12 offensive boards to the Thunder's eight. I don't have second chance points pulled up here. I do know at halftime, second chance points were nine to zero in favor of the Kings. And it had to have ended a bigger discrepancy than that. Um, surprisingly, the Thunder have done really well against bigs and good bigs since their all their bigs have been injured. They've been living with Jay Will, who is a rookie uh, and taking the second round. 
and Kenrich Williams playing center for them. Darius Baisley uh, over the stretch has got some minutes. They've gone up against teams that have elite bigs like Miles Turner and Joel Embiid and Nikola Vucevic. And they've done a really good job. Tonight felt like the first night in a while that a big man just beat the piss out of the Thunder. And shout out to DeMontis Sabonis because he was incredible tonight. Uh, His stats, 5 of 9 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 13 boards, 14 assists, and 18 points. Like, that is an absurd stat line. He just had his way inside. Um, Just a little bit too big of a bruiser for Oklahoma City. And about halfway through this game, I started to think, man, this would have been a great matchup for JRE. JRE is a little undersized. So is Sabonis. Sabonis is like, what, 6'9", 6'10", something like that. Um, JRE is like 6'8". But that thick body, uh, being able to play physical, I think tonight would have been a great matchup for JRE. Uh, Real bummer that he's been out so long. He must have rolled the crap out of that ankle, folks. There has to be like a minor ligament tear in there or something because he has been out for a while. Uh, It's looking like Usman Jang will be back before JRE is. Usman Jang, by the way, if you missed the news today, assigned to the G League, which means if they're assigning him to the G League, he's probably going down for some practice, which means his wrist is doing better and maybe he'll make a return relatively soon. Uh, Fingers crossed. I would love to see him back before the All-Star break. But the Thunder get beat up on the inside. Second chance points and rebounds, uh, I thought, was another just massive story in this game. Free throws and rebounds. Plus 17 in free throws for the Kings, plus 16 in rebounds. You're not going to win too many basketball games when that happens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a break about bad things and talk about good things like Shay freaking Gilgis Alexander. Where should the freaking go? Should the freaking go between the Gilgis and the Alexander or between the first name and the last name? If you're talking about me, you would say Jacob freaking Niffin. But I think with Shay, you would say Shay Gilgis freaking Alexander. I don't know. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. I don't know where to put the the F bomb in the in Shay's name because it's weird and it's a uh, a hyphenated last name. Uh, Test in the chat says both Shay freaking Gilgis freaking Alexander. I love it. Shay tonight, just an absurd stat line. Um, he goes surprisingly is a minus ten. Played thirty eight minutes, sixteen of twenty three from the field, insanely efficient. He went two of three from three. You love to see that. Only four free throw attempts is wild. One rebound, seven assists, two steals, no turnovers, 37 points on 23 shots, and he only took four free throws. I mean, that is the epitome of efficiency, folks. That's insane. I mean, he just put on a show. He got into the lane. He got exactly what he wanted. The little midi pull-up was absolute money. And I mean, and the ones that he missed... There were some bunnies that just didn't go in. He had one where he got Sabonis up in the air and went up and under and went with the left hand and just smoked it. Favorite play of the night by Shea, though, by far, was just bringing the ball up the court, blown by everybody, and then dunking all over Chemezi Metu. I don't know where that came from. He got off the floor fast, like fast, fast. And Shea has become more of like a two-footed jumper, two-handed dunker. Kind of like a power dunker in a way. I love it. Uh, He's been incredible, man. I worry that he's not going to be an all-star starter. Uh, If you don't know the way starting works in the all-star game, uh, 50% of of choosing starters is the fan vote, where Shea is number four. 25% is the media vote, and 25% is the player vote. So if Shea was number one in guards in the West and media vote, number one with players with media with uh with player vote, and then number four in fan vote, I think he he still misses out on the starters. He'll be on the all-star team. There's no doubt about it. Like if he misses the all-star game, something's wrong, something's rigged. Uh it's kind of like what was that, the the Oscars or whatever, whenever they announced the wrong movie. Uh, it's going to be something like that. He's making the All-Star game. I would argue, I feel really confident he's making the All-NBA team. I don't know if he's going to get the starter. I believe they announced starters next Thursday, so we will see then. Um, I don't know if he's going to make the starters, though. I think the starters might just be Steph and Luka. Sucks, because I think Shea deserves it. He's played way more than Steph has, uh, but Steph is Steph. All right, let's go on to takeaway number four, Killer Keegan. Shout out to Keegan Murray, man. Got drafted fourth overall. A lot of people shit all over the Kings for taking him fourth because they thought the Kings should have gone with Jaden Ivey instead. Uh, But Keegan goes fourth. 
maybe had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but Keegan plays 37 minutes tonight, goes 10 of 12 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, including hitting three threes in the fourth quarter. That just kind of broke the Thunder's back. The Thunder were scratching and clawing and trying to keep themselves in this game. And Keegan Murray was just splashing. I think he had Isaiah Joe on him for a while uh, until the Thunder bought, brought Josh back and put some more size on him. Uh, but just an insanely efficient night for Keegan Murray. This man had 29 points, 14 rebounds. He was a plus 10. That is a game high plus 10 for Keegan Murray. Really great night for the rookie. Um, I feel like a, a lot of nights the Thunder have the best rookie on the floor with J-Dub. Uh, I think if the Thunder had Chet healthy, he'd still be the best rookie on the floor. But tonight, Keegan was the best rookie on the floor. Um, not really debatable. Keegan was really, really good. Uh, he's been really, really good. He stays really, really good. Uh, just some impressive stuff by the young man. Uh, shout out to him. He he played great, and I think he is a big reason in that fourth quarter why the Kings were able to keep the Thunder just at enough of a length to win the game. Lastly, and I want to get kind of deep into this one, the bench woes. So when we look at the Thunder bench tonight, there are five guys who got minutes. Lindy Waters, Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, Trey Mann, and Isaiah Joe. When we look at the minutes distribution there, Joe got 29 minutes, the most off of the bench. He actually played more than uh, one of the starters, Jalen Williams, uh, Jay Will, if you will. Kenrich Williams played 26 minutes. Muscala, 11. Trey Mann and Lindy Waters, seven apiece. Trey Mann did not see any second half minutes. He had one seven-minute stretch uh, to close the first and to start the second, never came back. I noted it tonight whenever I was tweeting from the, the podcast Twitter account. Trey, it's been a weird year. I thought Trey started the year well, got injured, came back and struggled, kind of fell out of the rotation, went to the G League showcase, played out of his mind in the G League showcase, came back and just had that swagger. I mean, he was just dripping with swag. He felt like super confident. And then now it feels like we've ridden that wave and we're on the backside and he's not confident at all. The past two games, it feels like Trey catches the ball in rhythm from three and just hesitates and stands there and then tries to drive and like get to his floater game or drive and, and kick or he'll make a move. He'll get open for three. He'll stand there for a second and then he'll swing it just like he's lost all confidence. I don't know why he doesn't just shoot the ball. Um, that is his one great NBA skill. He just won't shoot it. So I'm not sure. I think that's part of the reason why he only got seven minutes tonight. Just a real lack of assertiveness from Trey. There's a reason why Isaiah Joe's logging 29 minutes and Shay's or and Trey, I'm sorry, is logging seven. Because Isaiah Joe in 29 minutes launches 13 shots. 12 of those being three. He goes seven of 12. From the three-point line, uh, Isaiah Joe had 21. But the bench woes overall. So Trey Mann is a big one. And I know Taylor mentioned this on his post game after the Pacers game. Uh, Taylor and I had talked about this before that, that podcast that he did. Trey, so if, if we have to make uh, a tier of Thunder players who might not make it 
because the Thunder have a draft pick coming in. They have a ton of assets to trade. In 2024, they have four firsts. I don't think they're bringing in four rookies, uh, but they're going to have to start trading picks and players and, and moving things around. Trey is starting to climb that list of guys who might not make it on the Thunder and get moved. Uh, I think Trey has a lot of upside. Uh, I love Trey's game. But when you when you just start to look at everything, like the Thunder have Dort, Giddy, Shea, Isaiah Joe is starting to show out. J-Dub has been doing ball handling duties. Like Trey Mann might be the odd man out there, and he's had a very underwhelming sophomore year. I thought that he would be awesome this year. I was really excited. Um, just been a struggle for Trey. But the bench as a whole, when you look at bench scoring, Lindy Waters, zero on zero of one. Kenrich Williams, three on one of eight. Mike Muscala, three on one of five. Trey Mann, two on one of two. So I'm going to do some math real quick. That is three out of 16 for four of the five bench guys. And then Isaiah Joe goes seven to 13. Uh, so you're fine with that. He was super efficient. Uh, 21 sh- points on 13 shots and zero free throws. Six rebounds for Isaiah Joe. He scraps a lot. He has been awesome. Uh, but the rest of the bench just gave you a bunch of nothing. I'm kind of surprised Aaron Wiggins didn't get some run tonight whenever they pulled Trey Mann out of the rotation. But uh, just the, the bench really struggled. The bench, including Isaiah Joe, scored 21, 23, 26, 29 points. And then you look at the starters, it's 15, 15, 37, 13, and 4. Um, the bench just didn't come through for the OKC Thunder tonight, and that is not typical. Typically, with, between Kenrich and Mike Muscala, uh, you're good for 20 points there. Uh, they scored 6 on 2 of 11 shooting. So, a bit of an off night for the bench. Uh, hopefully, they, they can recover and come back and play good against Denver Sunday night. Um, that was my last main takeaway player of the game tonight, obviously goes to Shea Gilgis Alexander dude was insane. So good. It's a blast to watch him play. He is just a, he's so difficult to guard. It's going to be awesome to watch him at the all-star game to see who drafts him of the two captains, which are probably going to be LeBron and KD kind of want KD to take him. I think that'd be kind of a fun story. KD taking the, the, the OKC kid. Um, it'd be pretty cool. So I think that's all for me, guys. Uh, not a lot of questions in the chat tonight. Um, Kieran says Tony brothers is the worst head ref in the league. Uh, and he also says the defense looked very slow in their rotations. Uh, I felt that way as well. Uh, Tristan mentions that Isaiah Joe missed three that I had talked about that would have cut the game to three with like 15 seconds left. Felt like a big one. Um, Oh, Kieran says he went to high school with Kevin Herter. Interesting. Tess says, I feel like the second half we had Mike and Kenny shooting threes early in the clock. We were getting looks that were great, but I wish we would have fed Joe more and had more movement generally. Luis, random question, but where did you get those pictures behind you? Thanks for the question, Luis. Our, our girl, Nane, she is 7A Perspective on Twitter. Does a little thunder drawing, a little thunder cartoon after every game. She is incredible. 
uh, and she let me print off a couple of her pictures and get them framed for the pod. Again, I'm plugging again. Check out the shirt. We got the J-Dub Rookie of the Month shirts available. I don't think I mentioned at the beginning of the show. All the proceeds from the J-Dub shirts are going to Positive Tomorrows. If you're unfamiliar, Positive Tomorrows is a nonprofit in OKC. It is an elementary school, so uh, K through 6, for the homeless community in Oklahoma City. So kids that are experiencing homelessness, uh, who live at the homeless shelter, uh, or have found themselves in a difficult situation, they get to attend the uh, the Positive Tomorrow School, which is an awesome, awesome organization. Me and my students uh, donated some money to them last year, uh, and actually not money, but some some holiday gifts. Uh, it's I absolutely love what they do over there. So if you buy the shirt, not only are you getting some sick drip and a super comfy shirt that's got J Dub on it. But we're also donating all the proceeds to a great, great cause. So you got double reason to buy one. Go hit it up on Cotton Bureau. Um, anything else? Meek Leak asked question. Are we being treated unfairly by the refs or are we just fouling too much? I think, Meek, that is just a portion of being young. Um, sometimes they're not specifically seeking out contact. Uh, I don't think it's they're being... Um, uh, treated unfairly by the refs. I think young teams just foul a lot on defense and don't know how, really how to draw fouls on offense, um, especially with the Thunder playing small. When you play small, you tend to foul more. Uh, you just, you, I mean, it's very obvious. You lack size if you're smaller, uh, but that's a big, it, when, when you are smaller than the other team, you tend to be more physical and being more physical defensively and pushing and grabbing and, and fighting for rebounds will typically get more fouls called on you. So I don't feel like the free throws that the Kings got tonight were unjustified. I did feel like the Thunder deserved to get more whistles than they did, if that makes sense. I don't think the Kings should have got less, but I do think the Thunder should have gotten more. Um, that's all for in the chat. So thank you guys so much for hopping on. Uh, so I'm surprised we had so many people in the live stream at midnight on a Friday after a loss. But I absolutely love it. Thank you guys so much. I had a lot of the regulars in here tonight, some new folks that I haven't seen seen in the chat. Um, so thank you guys for checking out the uncontested. We will be back with you Sunday night, maybe a little bit later. Typically Sunday, we always do 9 p.m. Central time. But Thunder versus Nuggets tips off, I believe, at 7 Central, which means it'll get over about 9.30. As soon as Thunder vs. Nuggets concludes, we will be live on here for our, our weekly show where we will break down that Nuggets game and just do some general Thunder talk. Uh, that's our big roundup night. So be sure to join us. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us so you get that little notification whenever we go live. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back with you Sunday night. Until then, as always, Thunder up! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.